everybody. Robin here, and I am here with Dora. Hi. And we're dropping in today because we we wanted to respond, I wouldn't say quickly, but sort of more immediately and offer support to folks in our community right now who, who may be out there and who may be suffering. Um, you know, for anyone, I think, aware on the planet right now knows that there are just a lot of really devastating events that are happening, you know, from the Middle East to earthquakes to, I mean, I could just go on and on and on and on and on. And, you know, one of the things with this podcast that, you know, we wanted to to do is to be able to help folks in the community in a different way. So we're coming in not on our regular schedule and we're just going to talk. And the first thing I wanted to do is, since I have Dora here and, and she's been out for a bit, is I just wanted to say hi and ask you how you're doing. Yeah, I, for those of you who don't know, I just got back from India on Monday doing a yoga teacher training and it was life-changing. I don't have many words to put my experience into a pretty bow and wrap it up and share it with you all (laughs) just yet. But I think, you know, one way that I'm feeling in this moment is just the sheer polarity of life and how you can do something so beautiful. I was in the Himalayas and then opening up my phone and just seeing what's going on in the world and having to hold both experiences because that's what we are being asked to do in those moments. How can we hold the devastating with the most beautiful moments in your life? And so I'm feeling both and I'm feeling it all and um, just trying to stay as present as possible. I mean, it's it's really well said because I think, you know, not everybody just got back from <laughs> the Himalayas or, you know, ha- has that. But we yeah. are all holding, I mean, many experiences at the same time right now, like your day-to-day happens. And it reminds me of that thing of like, you never know, you're you're on a subway or in a car on the highway and you look over and you never know what someone else's experience is and what they're going through. But you brought up bringing up your phone and it's, it's one of the reasons that we really felt compelled to, to get together and, and have this conversation because right now it doesn't matter any of the events that we're talking about that are happening right now, really horrific imagery is being delivered to the thing that I call my kids on, to the thing that I check my schedule on, to the thing that gives me directions. And I think that as a team and as a community, as Headspace as a whole, and all of us on this podcast are all feeling like, how do we hold these two things, Dora? Like, how do we have this imagery that's, you know, and it may not be enough to just say, I'm not going to look, or I'm, I'm going to put it away because yeah. someone in your family's looking and is telling you about it. So I just wanted to yeah. like open that up to you. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious what you think. You know, I'll share some of my own personal practices. And you kind of shared me, sometimes it's not enough, but I think for me, being mindful of my intake and something that I've learned by being online is that there's often a lot of information shared, but not a lot of wisdom. And so I want to encourage people to seek out wisdom, seek out things that can help you to remain hopeful about the goodness in the world, because it's so easy to focus on, I don't want to say the badness, but what's not going well. And so I want to invite people that if you can, minimizing your digital intake, but also seeing if you can connect to moments of hope within your actual life and your reality. So disconnecting from social media, even though it is a place where we often seek connection, but being more connected to your 
real life in your everyday. And whether that looks like loving on your people at home, your family members, your pets, whoever it is that makes you feel safe, that makes you feel at home, like connecting with those people, uh, checking in and asking them how they're doing. I'm sure we're all feeling the same way, you know? And so it's, it's so important to cultivate connection with people that are around you and try and reduce how much you're taking in that imagery because we think about it as just this thing that's happening on our phone, but there's a lot that's going on in our bodies as well that can cause stress, right? That can make us ill and make us sick by looking at these things all of the time. So really, if you can, and I know it's hard in such a digital age, but minimizing your intake or just being mindful of the information that you're taking in. You know, somebody on our production team was talking about, you know, Vietnam was the first sort of televised war and it was the first time it was brought into people's living rooms. Now it's being brought into our phone, like tragedy and trauma are being brought into our phone. But in addition to that, stuff that's not true is being presented to us as facts. And how do we guard ourselves? Because I, I don't even know if that's the right phrase, but how do we protect ourselves when, yeah. when let's say, uh, loved ones in our lives are taking in information that's not accurate and sharing it or sharing directly with you when you're like, I don't want to be involved in that right now. I can't. It's it's like I, I need to take care of myself right now. Yeah. And I want to name boundaries and boundaries aren't a one-time thing. I think sometimes we think that if we set an initial boundary, like that's it and we're done forever. But They're a practice, you know, so you may have to remind people multiple times. And I do this with my mom all the time because she loves news. She sits at home 4 p.m. until midnight watching CNN. And I've had to cultivate boundaries with her of like, I don't want to consume information in this way. And I want you to respect that. And I hope that you can respect that. And I also have compassion for her because that's a sign of care for her. If I'm informed by what she's watching and she wants me to know what's going on in the world. And so I've also had to be patient and tender and offer her grace in those moments. But lovingly stating your boundaries about what it is that you are open to receiving and what you're not open to receiving. And you may have to do it five times, 10 times, a hundred times, but it's so important to be clear and also have compassion for those who are sharing those things with you because that could be a way that they love and that's okay. Yeah, that is true. I I know that sometimes like I'll get really involved or go down a wormhole because I think like maybe there's something I can do maybe and it's like, and I end up spiraling off on the side in not a good way. So that, that does make sense. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there's this thing about, If people aren't vocal about what they're sharing or what they're seeing, that they are causing more harm than good. But as a meditation teacher, one of the best things that I can do is to go into retreat and to be silent and to contemplate how it is that I want to show up in this world. And so I wanted to also name that people process differently. Like some people process by sharing a lot of information and knowledge for myself I'm not like that. I'm very, I will go inwards and I'll process and take my time to contemplate and do my research and read as much as I can and educate myself. And maybe that will inform my practice and how I show up as a teacher. But I think it's important to just recognize that we all process differently and holding space for every person's individual process and what that may look like. It may look very different for every single person. Yeah. What can people do within themselves to build practice 
I would say one of the most important things is to slow down because when we experience things like this, our body goes into like hyper mode. Things get fast. We want to do things. We want to be reactive. We want to, you know, like things really speed up. And so the antidote to that is to slow down, to notice what's going on in your body. Notice the spiraling of your thoughts. That's what comes up for me. And I'm sure it comes up for many people, but being able to notice the movements and the patterns of your minds in these moments and being able to interrupt that cycle. Again, noticing those moments of hope in your everyday life, connecting to the things that bring you joy. It doesn't have to be something extravagant and big. You don't need to go on a trip, you know, but maybe it looks like writing a letter to people who are struggling, writing a letter to yourself that is struggling in that moment. Maybe it looks like getting a plant or a flower and nurturing that, allowing that to be a sign of life in your life when you're seeing otherwise. Like, Really doing those things that can help you to feel grounded, safe, um, and a sense of joy, whatever that may look like for you. But I think, as I shared before, like slowing down is so, so important if you can. I think just to like highlight one thing that you said, I think that's really important is that identifying the triggers. As soon as you said that, I thought, oh, mine is as soon as the words always and never start coming into my vocabulary, Mm. like, oh, it's always like this. We're never going to, we're never going to solve this. I know I'm triggered. And I also know for me, sometimes anger, like if I'm reacting to people short and quick and whatever, it's because something's, I'm feeling something I'm uncomfortable with. Like when you, when you're triggered, what are the things that you're doing? Yeah. And you know, triggers are often, they compile over time. If you aren't able to address the things that have mm-hmm. been happening in your life, one small thing, you know, may not even be what's happening in the news. Someone may cut you off in the grocery yeah. line and then it's just like game over, you know? So I think it's important to recognize also if we're responding to what's happening into the mo- in the moment or are we also responding to years of seeing these things, both which are valid, but also recognizing how layered this experience is and to give yourself grace, time, patience, compassion, because all of this stuff has been happening for so long and it's living in our bodies, it's living in our minds, and it's not going to take one meditation session for things to go (laughs) away or for things to get better. It's going to take time. Yeah. Sam talked about because you were talking about looking for the goodness and for the hope. And Sam talked about like volunteering and how at one point she went out and was like clearing brush to help mm-hmm. prevent fires. And it was something that I had never thought of as part of a practice or a way to bring in the goodness to like get connected and to help others to get out of your own way as well. Yeah, that's so important. I love that Sam said that. I think when we practice meditation and mindfulness, it it feels very individual, but We're not practicing just so that we can only be good to ourselves. We're practicing so that we can show up and be better for the world and then inspire change as well. So going out and doing those things, putting your meditation into action, mindfulness into action and serving other people, it's so important to be able to do that, to extend your practice off of your cushion, but actually out into the world. So I really love that she said that. So... This is a lot, Dora. This this is just a lot. And I'm wondering what resources that you would, would point people to right now. 
Yeah. Um, I'll share that we have the Support and Challenging Times playlist on Headspace's YouTube channel where myself and the other teachers were able to create some really supportive and soothing meditations for folks processing grief, uh, processing tragedy, how to deal with mental chatter in the mind. Um, So highly recommend that folks check that out. Eve also just uploaded a few episodes on Radio Headspace talking about grief specifically, which I think could be helpful. You know, sometimes we think about grief as this faraway place and I feel as if we've all been grieving. So yeah, yeah, I really want to highlight that and shout out Eve for making those episodes as well. Yeah. And we're also talking about trauma too. And and it's like, and we've been having this really heavy conversation. And I was just thinking for us before we leave, is there something that we could do right here, right now together, me and you and anyone who's listening, bring us together, create some community and, and start some healing. Yeah, for sure. We can do a a little practice that I do myself in these moments. So closing your eyes or keeping them open to a soft gaze. We'll just take a moment here just to notice how you're breathing. Oftentimes when there are tragedies in the world, we can forget to breathe. Sometimes tragedies can leave us speechless. So just noticing your breath, feeling each rising and falling of each inhale and each exhale. And then if it feels good for you, resting a hand on your heart, maybe feeling the warmth of the palm connecting to your chest, just feeling into this place of wisdom and compassion. And again, staying connected to our breath here. As we breathe in, we're going to inhale, taking a deep breath for ourselves. And exhaling, sending our breath to those in need. So breathing in. And breathing out. Breathing in and breathing out. Just continuing to breathe in that way. Breathing for ourselves and breathing for all others. Connecting to this sense of humanity, breath by breath, moment by moment. And when the mind wanders, just guiding it back to that feeling of your hand on your heart. We'll take one last breath here, breathing in and breathing out. Just allowing that hand to rest on your lap or down by your side. And taking a moment here just to notice how you feel checking in, noticing the thoughts, emotions, feelings, sensations, just observing and honoring however it is that you are showing up in this moment. 
And then wiggling your fingers, wiggling your toes, gently stretching the body if that feels good. And when you're ready, opening your eyes and coming back into the space. Thank you, Dora. That that was wonderful. That was really that was really wonderful. Yeah, I think for me, like this idea of breathing for others. I find it connects me to humans. As humans, we all have our breath. This is something that we can all connect to. And I'm often left speechless. I I find it hard to have words for for what's going on in the world. And something as simple as remembering to breathe helps me to be more present and connect me to that sense of humanity. So I hope this was helpful for everyone tuning in. Thank you. And we hope that this helped a little little healing and, I don't know, just a little hope in, in hard, hard times. So thank you, Dora. And I think I feel like I feel like we should end this how we end every episode, which is to say till next time, stay happy, stay healthy and be kind to one another.